film is a very like image frame based medium but where we really start to intersect between people that are in the theater department or as you say the drama department <laughs> and people that are in film is truly on uh, the way we look at our process and yeah. our process of how do we look at characters yeah exactly they're, I mean they're both interested in examining the human experience you know like and um, in whatever shape or way that takes they're both interested in right how can I or how can we um, portray the human experience in the most authentic or interesting or artistic way that we possibly can. Hi, welcome. This is Film Talk Creative Encounters, and we're a podcast where we talk to current UNM students, alumni, and people in film about things that are interesting to filmmakers and the filmmaking process. I'm Kel Cruz. I'm Evelyn Jones. And this is our first podcast recording. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. Yeah. How are you? Uh, how are you doing today? Yeah, not too bad. How are you? Not bad. Have you recorded any podcasts before? No. <laughs> it's interesting. Right now, we're sitting in a friend's living room. Yeah. Hanging out in a couch. Lots of antiques about the place. Lots of antiques. Uh, we talked about antiquing, right? Yeah. yeah. Not checked out the antique scene in Albuquerque yet. Yeah. I'm gonna go and do that this weekend. I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice, you know, just filler house stuff, and yeah. you can find some nice props for any theater things. Exactly. Yeah. So today we do have a, a main topic where we're going to talk about the difference between theater and film. Mm -hmm. Myself, I've been part of the IFDM program, which is Interdisciplinary in Film and Digital Media, uh, which is now part of the Cinematic Arts Department. So mm -hmm. made short films, written short films, and you're a part of the theater department, yeah. right? Yeah. So loosely part of the theater department, I would say. Loosely. And where, yeah. where do you come from? Because you're... Technically, like an international student. Yeah, um, I'm from England, so I'm from the southeast of England, and I go to university in a town called Brighton, um, and I'm technically part of the English department in that, in in my university back at home, um, and we call it drama in England oh. rather than theatre. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm when I say loosely part of the theatre department, I think there's like a lot of disciplines that go into what I study. But yeah, I'm part of the theatre department. Yeah, and how, how long have you uh, been in Albuquerque now? Um, I think I said coming up to three months, I believe, or four months? Three months, I think, since uh, mid-August. Mid-August. Yeah, so I've seen it like when it was blazing sun and now it's starting to get cooler and um, yeah, it's been, been nice and great. So you're now, you know, majoring in theater. Yeah. You had to choose something, so yeah. you put theater. Mm -hmm. Back in Brighton, uh, you're taking English, and how involved in theater were you? So I'm, I am taking drama, so it's called drama, drama theater drama. performance. Yeah. But it is in, in part of English, so it's a lot more like um, to do with, everything I do is to do with like theater, but it's a lot more theoretical and um, kind of like, we do do a lot of, performances and practice as well but it's like kind of how uh, theory and discipline interact with each other rather than um just putting on plays do you know the, what I mean? the production of rather plays. than just a production of plays so we learn i think my course back at home and it's different with every single um drama or theater course in any university you know but back at home i think uh 
a lot of what I learn is to do with contemporary theatre, so theatre within the last 50, 60 years. Um, and it's a lot of experimental theatre and performance art and um, kind of weird stuff, <laughs> but stuff that I really like learning about. Um, and it's been different here because a lot of the classes, well, the classes that I'm taking, they're a lot more to do with what I would maybe label traditional or conventional theatre, which was, you know, plays with a narrative and you've got a director and there's like a kind of a hierarchy within that. But back at home, I'm a, a lot of the stuff I do is about kind of like collaboration and experimenting on the stage and stuff like that. But yeah. Cool, yeah. I think film is... Uh, obviously, theatre and film are so tied together mm -hmm. in regard where you have people that are writing these things. You exactly, have people that yeah. are directing and people that are acting. Yeah. Um, since you've been in here now uh, in, in Albuquerque, have you started with any play productions? Yeah, I mean, I'm taking a directing class. So I directed a short um, a short play, a 10-minute play for that. And what I was it called? It was called Night Swim. It was about like these two young women who wanted to go out in the middle of the night and go for a swim. But um, one of them was really scared because the year before they'd had an encounter with the police and it was just like the kind of back and forth between the two of them. It's a really sweet little play and um, I'd never done anything like that before where it was like kind of all on me, you know, because as I was the director, so a lot of the responsibility was on me. Whereas before I've had, when, we, when you're doing collaborative projects, the kind of responsibility is shared out. Do you know what I mean? I don't know what it's like in film, whether the we were talking a bit about it, how there's this hierarchy and everyone has their own responsibility. So Yeah, I would say that every production is different. Mm -hmm. I think it depends on how people are structuring mm -hmm. their project. Because sometimes it is very much like I'm the producer and you are gaff and grip and do your job. Yeah. Because we need you to do your job. Yeah, exactly. A lot of the times I've worked on a lot of film productions where it is such like a skeleton crew of like, let's say five or six people where every single person has to be this interdisciplinary way mm. where it's not just like you're gaff and grip and gaff and grip for people that don't know what they are. Yeah. <laughs> how basically like the setup of lights, okay. electrical setup. Um, sometimes like we just shot our, uh, our recent independent film called Bruises. Mm. And I mean, we had a, a person, Gabby, Mm -hmm. uh, she's from CNM and she works a lot in Gaff and Grip, but she basically was script supervisor. She was, you know, obviously her job in Gaff and Grip, but sometimes we had to have her run sound. Yeah, we, you, know, you didn't have just, enough people to we do didn't your have job. Enough yeah. people. Um, but it's interesting that your, your play that you direct is called Night Swim because mm -hmm. there's this interesting difference where in a film you might put, literally put people in a pool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, film people in a pool, but in a play, oh, you can't. Yeah. How, how do you bring that production to life where it's you're on a stage and you're trying yeah. to craft something that feels like the real set? And it was difficult with that one as well because it was like um, the kind of the conversation they were having was this girl like was in her room and her friend was trying to get her to come out of her room, um, you know, and she's supposed to be like really high up and her friend really low down. So like you say, like with theatre, it's like you just have to get creative with stuff like that because you... I think it's all about you want to portray a certain feeling or an atmosphere rather than an actual place. So it was more about trying to craft it so that I had the feeling that it wasn't the night, it was nighttime and um, that we were in a kind of suburban neighborhood and 
they were going to go out to, to swim and stuff. But obviously I had none of those tools because, you know, everything with theatre, you're translating something onto the stage. You know, you're not trying to exactly put something. You can never put something on stage without translating it, without adapting it to your surroundings. And so you just have to kind of take something from that, whether that be a feeling or an atmosphere or a tone and creatively translate that onto the stage. And I feel like as all artists, specifically ones that are so um, in tune with, for example, theater having a live audience, mm -hmm. in film, sometimes these people are watching it on their phones. Some people yeah. are watching it on a bus ride home or something where uh, the audience experience is, is very different. Mm -hmm. The audience experience that I'm, I'm really interested in about how like specifics of how you created that experience, like, you know, w how you designed the set. Mm -hmm. How you? How did you strike the stage lighting? How did you? How did you create that experience for theater? Well, it was difficult because it was in <laughs> a studio room with no lighting. With it was literally well, it was lighting, but it was just like you know, there was no there was no theater lighting in it. Well, just just to clarify, your there's two characters. Two characters. In, in Night yeah. Swim, uh -huh. and the initial scene is mm -hmm. one friend trying to convince the mm -hmm. other friend to come out for a, a swim. A swim and yeah. Night. Uh -huh. So yeah, so it's like um, she comes in, the friend comes in and she's all excited and she does everything to persuade her friend and her friend's very pensive and just wants to stay in her room. So I kind of created a bit of an atmosphere in her, in what was supposed to be her, you know, her bedroom where it was like really cozy and comfortable. And then there was kind of like just nothing in between the two of them, the two friends, because it was like kind of I wanted to show the difference between the outside and the inside, like the inside of comfort and you know, security and the outside of like it being nighttime and them not knowing what to do and what would happen. And so I kind of created that divide and had the audience space so that they could really clearly see that divide between the two of them. So, yeah. So this this was the opening scene. Did you move into the swimming part? It's literally or it was a just... 10 minute scene. So it's just that was that was the whole scene. Interesting. Just the two of them. Yeah. It was interesting because it was, it was difficult because we were talking about how Theatre is so different from film in the way that, um, you know, very minor actions in that, you know, very minor movements in film is really easy to see and really easy to pick up on. Um, whereas in theatre, you, you know, they have to be a lot bigger because of, you know, the spatial arrangement of people and just the way that it translates onto a stage, you know, you kind of have to do something bigger so that people recognize it and can understand what it means. Absolutely. And this is times where I've had casting calls mm -hmm. and a lot of actors that come in for sure act for the stage. Yeah. They act in the theater. Can you tell straight away then with stuff like that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, you can really, really tell someone that is like a predominant theater actor because the way they come into the room and they read lines is exactly what you're you're talking about is mm -hmm. they're acting for the stage mm -hmm. and when you act for the stage you project you do things so people can see your gestures and people can see a lot of things but one of like these huge differences between theater and film is that the idea that in film we are framing an image mm -hmm. and when you frame an image one of the most powerful things you can do is a close-up meaning that whatever is you're seeing in that rectangular frame is close in detail, whether it be a face or it is like a cup of coffee mm -hmm. or someone 
you know, I, I give you the example of someone taking their fist and slamming it down on a table is that when we're watching that gesture, anything in a close-up is automatically emphasized. And it's uh, the importance of that gesture is magnified by like a hundred times. Yeah. Something where it's in certain films where it's just a single look can make the difference in the entire scene. And when you're acting for theater, a lot of the times the audience can't even see you move your eyes from left to right or some kind of mm. gesture of looking at another character in that scene. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the times in, in film, it's kind of the art of giving just enough without giving too much. Too much, yeah. And I feel like in writing for film as well, it's that same mentality of how how do I give the audience just enough to keep them going, to keep them so they can understand what's going on without revealing too much. Yeah. Because in, in film, there's just like in theater too, it, it's this experience where it's, it's not just the imagery, but it's imagery with the inclusion of sound, with yeah. lights, with music. And it becomes something where... Uh, the actor is, doesn't need to be center stage. Sometimes they need to be a secondary role to uh, something like a sound of a car driving by. Yeah. And moments are so important in film where uh, you don't need to overact moments. Mm -hmm. And some moments require you to, to underact something so much that it's, am I even acting? Yeah. I'm just sitting here. Yeah. And it's a... Uh, that's always like a real challenge, I think, when working with actors is figuring out what is right for this scene. Sometimes it is right to be loud and be theatrical and do something but uh, that is like a spectacle. But what's more important at the end of the day is executing what that scene needs. And sometimes, like I said, what the scene needs is nothing at all besides you standing there. Yeah, and that's interesting that you say that because, you know, I think when, we're, when we talk about theatre, you know, like you're saying, you do need these big movements and these big theatrical moments, but at the same time, I think a lot of directors will say that, we also, that we also, there are also these scenes of kind of stillness and quiet, and, but it's just that this is so... Um, it's so much more charged, those scenes, I feel like, because they're in front of a live audience. And those moments of every kind of second and minute in the theater is being scrutinized directly. Whereas like you say with film, I think, you know, you can watch something and you can watch it on the bus or, you know, at home. And so sometimes things go unnoticed. And, you know, things go unnoticed in the theater as well, but because it's so much more, I think, direct in a way, um, you know, those moments of stillness are so much more kind of like, I don't know, another word to say it, but ch charged, I guess. Do you, do that, do you yeah, that well, I, mean? I, I think it's interesting how we're talking about time and yeah. moments in time because theatre is a, a real time art. Yeah. Where in film, it's time is absolutely the art because you fit within a certain runtime. But everything that happens in that time span sometimes can, in five seconds, go from someone being a baby to someone old already. Mm. And that's kind of like 
the difficulty in sculpting in time. That's mm. what I think people talk about when it comes to film is really about how we sculpt time to figure things out. And a real-time art, like theater, things unfold right in front of you. There is no framing necessarily of you get to see something here and then I can move in the frame to another image. Yeah. In theater, how does that transitionary phase happens at a real-time basis? Yeah. And I, I think I'm interested too is how do you, how do you deal with a, a moment that seems so intimate and people are kind of underacting and you, as a director you're feeling like okay like we're not really coming across what i want to come across here how do you direct um the balance between kind of theatrical loudness and a lot of the times like cinematic subtlety and stillness i think when it comes to acting for the stage uh, a lot of what people will say to you, a lot of what directors will say to you is like, with theatre the whole thing is about pursuit of an objective when it comes to characters, which is like, in a play, a character has an objective. And, and it's like a Stanislavskian thing, and it's like super objective, which is like their overall objective in life kind of thing. Like, what do they want from life, or what do they want to get? And then within scenes, uh, within moments, there there are kind of mini objectives and... Um, what do, I, what do I want from this person right now? That's what kind of what you'd ask a character. So a lot of what happens to try and kind of coax what you want to see out of an actor is to, and this is like what my teacher says, is like raising the stakes. And so say if I'm, you know, there's two characters, I'm going to take, for example, you know, Night Swim, the, the play I directed. Um, one of the characters wants to get the other one to come outside and go for a swim with her. But we have to examine w why it is that she wants that. And if you kind of raise the stakes, it means saying, okay, if you don't get her to come outside, you know, what's going to happen? Okay, so, and that could be anything from like, she's the only person you've got left in the world. She's the only person that understands you and if you don't get her outside then your friend then you're going to lose her then that friendship is over or something like that you know um and it, it can change throughout the whole process of of making a play and you can figure out what what is right and what is wrong but it's all about kind of like having those levels so when we have those really theatrical moments I mean every moment's a theatrical moment but when we have those really kind of heightened moments I think those are the times when the stakes have been raised. Does that make any sense? Yeah, and yeah. I, I think where this is where the cross-section between film and theater really mingles together is on process. Mm. Because in terms of presentation, it's, they're two different oh, art yeah. forms in terms of how we are presenting it to our certain audience. But what you're talking about is a lot about process. Yeah. And you said that raising the stakes is something that you do in the process of mm. conveying from director to actor mm. very extremely similar to what film is yeah because in film what we're typically taught for story structure is how does desire people or characters wanting something lead to conflict and this is where this series of basically uh expectation and desire and people not getting what they want raises the stakes for the, to propel the character 
to then do something bigger, do something more dramatic, which leads to this kind of moral decision, which they have to choose between things that uh, they they can't get otherwise for playing this line in between. Mm -hmm. So, for example, Night Swim, it's that one character wants their friend to come out, the other one doesn't want to come Mm -hmm. out. So how do we raise the stakes for saying, well... I'm not getting what I want as yeah. a friend trying to bring someone out. So then I have to change how I'm reacting to that yeah. situation. And in, in, in that regard, um, in terms of like writing and acting process, I think it's, it's very similar, theater yeah. and film, because we have to understand what people want in the moment and what people want as their kind of inner desire, subconsciously mm-hmm. too. This conscious desire of in the moment, what am I trying to get? But really the art in, in writing a lot of this stuff is figuring out that subconscious motivation of like, why do they, why are they trying to get a friend out? Mm-hmm. Maybe they're someone that is totally lonely and isolated yeah. and this is their only friend and mm-hmm. it plays into this larger uh, character flaw in them, which is they constantly try to put themselves out there as much as possible because they have this fear that they're going to be left alone Mm. all the time. And that fear builds throughout the scene where they get rejected by a friend. Mm. So they go and they climb the top of the window and break in or something crazy like that. But it's it's really interesting how the intersection of of what happens, not necessarily about the intersection between uh, what we're showing to our audience, but the intersection on how we deal with process. Mm which is in theater, it's the same thing. It's the same thing mm-hmm. between figuring out the character's motivation, what their desires are, and in film, it's you're directing the exact same thing. And yeah. I think there's a huge kind of uh, understanding, uh, like misunderstanding, I mean, between how an actor's process really is in film, because the way I see it is that in, in theater, you guys have performance night. And you're performing every scene during performance night, yeah. performance day, wherever you're doing a matinee or something. Mm-hmm. But in film, it is very much the same way, but condensed down to this micro level where every, every shot is performance night. Every single shot that you're doing is a performance. And that's where it comes into play where you have to retain that same process of what what do I want here? What What is my character trying to achieve with this? But you have to replicate that sometimes 10 takes mm-hmm. over and over and over again. And for one scene, you might have 15 shots. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. It you know, is, the more yeah, yeah, we yeah. talk about it, like we see differences, but there are also things that are really important, I think, for everybody to understand that there is no kind of right way to say that like I can take theater and apply it to film in this way for like Mm -hmm. the use of or the way we're interpreting to an audience because Mm -hmm. in that way it's like film is a very like image frame based medium where theater becomes an audience in front of people and that's like the main difference I think that we understand but where we really start to intersect between people that are in the theater department or as you say the drama department (laughs) and people that are in film is truly on 
uh, the way we look at our process and yeah. our process of how do we look at characters? Yeah, exactly. They're, I mean, they're both interested in examining the human experience, you know, like, and um, in whatever shape or way that takes, they're both interested in, right, how can I, or how can we um, portray the human experience in the most authentic or interesting or artistic way that we possibly can. So I think that is obviously like a lot where they intersect is it, there are these differences that obviously come about, but they're about people and how we portray people. So I think that's, com you know, the way that they're similar. Do you think? <laughs> I think so, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So when and how did you first start getting to filmmaking and why do you continue to pursue filmmaking as a career or as an interest? Yeah, so it's, it's interesting because I moved to Albuquerque in 2013 mm -hmm. and I came from somewhere else. I came from San Francisco Bay Area and I was uh, an athlete, I guess oh, you yeah? could say. I liked playing basketball and for a long time that's what I wanted to do in college and I mm -hmm. was always, I always loved art and that was kind of like my balance between like you gotta like wake up in the morning and train your whole life is this being like a high school athlete, which is at a certain point in time, I think everybody just holds on to this ego, this identity of who they are till eventually they realize, well, is this all I am? And like I said, like I love doing art. I would write stories all the time. I would draw, I would do a lot. I love watching movies. Yeah. And at a certain point in high school, when it was my junior year in high school, I decided just to quit the basketball team because it was just really not uh, a good place for me to be in, in this kind of heightened, like athlete driven high school environment, which mm. is so it has, its, I won't go into it, but it has its <laughs> own culture of, yeah. you know, people, people being how the way they are. And I didn't, I didn't like that. And I was looking at myself at that certain point in my life. And it was just a point in time where I was like, is this something I want to do forever? And is this something that makes me happy anymore? And it wasn't making me happy. And I started delving into art as a way to personally explore myself. And it led actually into game development first. And I got it. Oh, wow. I was going to go to college for game, to, game dev. Oh, yeah. So the way I got into UNM basically was I had done a bunch of 3D modeling and I submitted a portfolio to UNM for the IFDM program, which was a proposal for a video game mm -hmm. called Kid on World. Cool. Which was this 3D scroller video game where kind of like in this Where the Wild Things Are uh, premise about a kid that is wild he's misunderstood and one day he runs away from home he takes his acoustic guitar he takes some of these toy guns and he takes his dog and he just runs away from home and he gets lost in this forest and he basically gets dropped into this world called atlas which is this conglomeration of all these like mythical things but the main premise of that game was really about how in every level he has to face these bosses that are these mashups between these conflicts in his real life. Things like the bully or a crush or his teacher. 
that have turned into like these monsters that this was in a video game this was like a video game this was a proposal wow a video game really like trying to deal with this like kid trying to just get back home yeah and uh i submitted that proposal i submitted a 3d model of this kid and i got in and i was so happy and People, first question people ask me, like, why did you come to New Mexico? You're yeah. already in California. But um, you're so, you, anytime you're in a place for so long growing up, like, you want to see something different. So I came over here to the Southwest for just that because mm. I needed something different. I needed something new. I needed something where, um, something for, for myself to experience on my own personal level. And I realized that game development wasn't actually what I wanted because... Mm. I had a CS class, coding, computer science class, yeah. and I was just sitting there and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. I can't do this for like yeah. any longer than I what is necessary. So I, I strayed away from game dev um, after my first semester, and I was already in, in interdisciplinary film and digital media, so naturally part of the curriculum was film. Mm. So we started making film and we started being taught the syntax of film which is basically what i mean by that is how do we communicate anything through film which is well there's like cut on actions there's in and out of frames and these are for people that might be listening that are like just getting into film or don't know anything about film these are kind of the transitionary elements between one image to the next so it's there's a cup of coffee on a table well how do you get from that cup of coffee to someone drinking that cup of coffee yeah. Well, there's a series of like syntax elements of, of techniques that you can do, so a hand starting out of the frame, then coming into the frame and picking up that cup of coffee. Mm. And then you might cut on action, which means there's an action of the cup of coffee coming up and you cut right to then the cup of coffee, now someone drinking it. So like these very base elements like are something very core to filmmaking and it really was uh, this amazing like it totally opened up the way I saw everything because I was like, wow, that is a way to communicate at its very fundamental level of how I get to one image to the next, to the next, to the next. And I became hooked on kind of that uh, visual storytelling element of how do we, how do we communicate anything through film? And uh, that was where I, I, I started bridging together my love for writing which wasn't screenplay writing and i think that everybody who is in film needs to understand that stories are not solely told through screenplays it's it's one mechanism to translate a story into a way to visually tell it easily because we understand script breakdowns and you know scene breakdowns and so forth but the core of storytelling this is one of my favorite stories was wes anderson for example mm. started uh his first film, Bottle Rocket, not in a screenplay, but in actually a short, short story format where he wrote a short story first mm. and then it got translated into a screenplay. So mm. I always think that, you know, it's very important in terms of story structure and storytelling and stuff. Like we understand how stories are told in screenplays, but our creative process as filmmakers are always unique. It's yeah. so much different for every single person and owning that process, um, is something that takes experience, it takes time, it takes trial and error. But the way I got into it was writing short fiction stories and mm. learning about how to write from someone's point of view, mm -hmm. writing, understanding who's a narrator, understanding that 
I'm not that good at trying to tell an entire story from uh, like this kind of old man on the sea point of view, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. I, I shifted in terms of my process from like short fiction um, storytelling into screenplay writing because I was armed with these techniques, right. how to move from one image to the next to the next. And I understood that way. I'm not really much of a short story fiction writer as much as I love telling these stories. And the only way I can tell them in my, the way I write is like picturing them through images. Mm. So it became this like really easy segue into like this, like fiction storytelling into then visual storytelling. Mm. And I guess uh, the, the process of how I got to today was a lot of, again, trial and error. You write your short first short film and it's full of cliches. And, mm-hmm. you know, what is even a cliche? What is a stereotype? What is uh, What are we really representing in the stories we tell? Which is something that uh, always gets influenced when you meet other artists because you it's so easily pointed out, like, why would you have a character say something so cliched? Something that was not really true to what I was trying to get at. So throughout the process of, again, trial and error, understanding that, like, well, maybe what I wrote here or what I'm showing here is not really what I mean. It's something yeah. that, like, you start honing in your craft slowly, little by little, until eventually you get to a point where you make a work that is like, wow, that is something that is kind of this like springboard for me because it was a, like a work that you say, like this was something that was truly conveyed what I was trying to communicate. Yeah. And I feel like for every artist, there's like that work for them that is like, it's, it's, it's not about like the singular work, it's about the body of work, but in terms of like, for, for mine, it was a short animated film called Light My Darkness. And so simply, it just communicated how I felt in the moment about all these fears that I had and just that primordial uh, desire for hope. And that was something I was like, wow, like I finally made a work that like I felt communicated how I felt. And how long did it take for you to get there, do you think? Wow, well, I'm still trying to get there. Yeah. Every single work is that we're still trying to clear it up. Yeah. But, um, how long did it take? Well, it, it took making like five shitty films mm-hmm. and like figuring out like why were these shitty or why would why did I why did this not do what I intended it to do yeah. and then figuring out well I think it needs to start with me it needs to start with something that I honestly feel and something that is a truth to me and then stem outward to how do I make that consumable and understandable to whoever mm. and uh the reception was really great it was that was kind of the first thing that put me into being known on the film community campus among students was like hey you were the guy that did that (laughs) Uh and I was like yeah I was a guy that did that Mm -hmm. thank you for coming up and a lot of stuff happened after I made that work when when you finally figure out a way to put yourself out there it becomes um again like this ego of like uh, forming back of like am i the only am i just a guy that does that and you know that's where you again you're met with another time in your life where you have to figure out well 
you know, I'm not just that. And you're in a university and this is the time to experiment yeah. with figuring out not only who you are, but um, kind of why you want to communicate anything in the first place and how you're going to do that. So for me, it was like, okay, I did that work. And people were like, oh, you're that. And I was looking at myself and I'm like, well, I don't want to do just that. I want to get into like dramas and yeah. doing things that are more complex. And that took me down a whole nother road where I felt like eventually doing all these like film dramas, eventually I hit another wall thing like, well, like I, I do love things that are much more simple in its nature. So right now I'm at this interesting intersection in my own life where I've been trying to figure out how do I bring in the complexity that I've learned from making dramas yeah. and bringing it back down to that like very simple like level that initially started me on that path of like, this is awesome. I love doing this, but how do I bridge it together now? Not just being so simple, but being complex, but bringing that complexity down to a level that is really understandable. Yeah. And something that I feel resonates in, um, in an important way, yeah. not just to myself, but how does it resonate to other people? And mm -hmm. I feel like you and I have been taking, uh, we met in this healing arts class. Mm -hmm. and the idea of healing arts is basically how art engages us, not in just this uh, artistic way of, you know, this, I'm like this sculpture does this or I made the sculpture just for this but self-involved kind of self-involved yeah. self-indulgent way yeah. but how do we create bridges in art mm -hmm. that elevates that art beyond just simply art yeah in terms of going through that whole journey and then now it's what keeps me coming back well it is it's twofold it's it's one how do I use the creation of art in my own personal way to as a this type of therapy to understand myself better and to understand like that art I'm making is sharing the truths that I know more like bringing it back down to it's not stereotyped it's not cliched but it's something that is really honest and truthful to things that I've been through, things that I've felt, things that I've seen, and really stemming from that personal way, but also figuring out, okay, how, how do I resonate with an audience more? And that's not to say that just because something's trending, I do that, but it's basically understanding how whatever work we create can bridge more closely to the audience that we're trying to reach. And I think that is what keeps me coming back right now is kind of being on the precipice of feeling like it's just like one or two works away from truly like being that personal endeavor and fulfilling what I want, but also fulfilling something that the group that I want to communicate as well, something that they don't necessarily need, but something that will really help mm. in that insight um, to that world that they see through a film. Mm -hmm. and that's what keeps me coming back I think every single time is having a, a bigger and more responsive audience while at the same time going deeper into what I'm really trying to say yeah it's interesting um you were talking a little bit about style and about 
you know, oh, I tried this, but now I don't want to be kind of pigeonholed into doing this and I want to try some other things. And I was uh, watching, I think it was Strange Love, um, which is one of your your works. And it can tell you're not necessarily interest, just interested in like realism. Like the, it's very kind of um, fragmented and um, at times a bit disturbing and... I just wanted to know if you could talk a little bit about how you got there and because it's kind of quite revealing of the character's kind of psyche and their and their um yeah just like their their thoughts and emotions um so I just wanted to know a little bit about how you got there in terms of making that kind of film yeah so strange love was a project that I did for my capstone project which was last year for the film department and it was about a girl named Celia. And basically, three years after filling this home with the person she loved and trying to make a home together, three years later, it's just a hollow shell because she has lost this person that she loved. And in terms of like why it has moved in this like weird, surrealistic mm. type of way is... I've had a few inspirations. One of them is Satoshi Kon. He's an animation director and... He's done Paprika, if anyone has seen that, or Perfect Blue, or Millennium, Millennial Actress. But um, the idea of, I think, what is real is very subjective, actually. I mean, you could... Yeah. You can, the idea of reality is very strange, but I feel like in terms of film, we can actually get to a more real place by being less real. Yeah. And it's a really interesting combination of things, but... Um, in, in terms of things that are ephemeral, which are these things, that, meaning that things that come and go, the things that really evoke feeling within us, it's that a lot of the times reality doesn't do that. Mm. We can't, we can't truly communicate what it is to feel something by just showing what that thing is. So in terms of like moving into, I don't necessarily like to call the style surreal. I like to say that it is basically magical realism, which is this 2.5 dimension in between what is real and what is surreal. It's kind of this bridge in, in, that teeters right in between the two because mm -hmm. I feel like it's a, a great place to show something that's real, but also show a lot of things that are underneath that realism, which is things that we feel things that uh real imagery can't necessarily convey to us it's a combination of mixing the two which evokes uh something that is more real than what we think is real yeah and yeah a, a lot of the scenes like mixes these flashbacks and real moments and um a lot of the times it shifts in between someone right in front of celia the main character into something that's like She's seeing this person as like this doppelganger. And again, it's it's just a tool to try to communicate what we're trying to get at, which is sometimes it's like plot points. Sometimes it's character development points. Sometimes it's trying to convey something which is uh, like this uncanny feeling to the audience. So in, in terms of why do that, for me, you know, people like... Uh, David Lynch and mm. Satoshi Khan and a lot of these filmmakers that I really respect, we can see that the way to communicate, which is, I think, what we're all trying to do with art is to communicate, becomes 
something where how do I communicate this the best? And for me, stylistically, it has moved into this magical realism aspect, which is a way to more truly and honestly and directly communicate these things that just that realism can't necessarily convey. Yeah. And do you think that's something that you will, this magical realism, which I really love that term, by the way, um, is that something that you'll continue to pursue for the your, the rest of your kind of cinematic career? Or are you open to like other kind of uh, styles and methods? And Yeah, I, yeah? I, I think I, I, absolutely it's, it's something that right now is very important to me. And yeah. in terms of like, I've gone through the film track and I, I haven't learned everything that is, you know, to learn. Of course, yeah. Obviously, you <laughs> yeah. know. But in, in terms of what this track really has taught me is that you can't necessarily teach uh, artist voice. Yeah. Which is like, how am I communicating to the audience I'm trying to communicate to? You can't necessarily teach that. You can, people can consume examples, but at the end of the day, it's something that every artist has to choose for themselves and basically figure out how to develop for themselves. And is it something that is going to run further in my work? Most likely, yeah, for sure, because it's it's been running already. It, it's and I'm trying to figure out my own voice like more clearly and more stylistically and more personally. So I feel like it's something that is not definitive for me, but it is something that is an inspiration for me. Mm, great. We, Cool. So now I think we can get into into you, Emmeline, is basically how you got into theater um, and how that's led you to where you are today. Uh, yeah, so I think when I was uh, from just like being really young, I was uh, really into being dramatic and um, just like as soon as I kind of figured out that kind of acting was a thing that people did, I was like, that's it. Like, I'm going to be an actor. That is my um, kind of like, you know, that's it for me. Um, so I kind of decided that I was, I was going to be an actor um, and kind of just continually like acted in everything I possibly could and throughout kind of b being young and, you know, extracurricular things. And then as I got to being a bit older and I um, figured out that there was like all these other things that I was interested in. So, you know, I did like a sociology class and I did like a, um, this was just before I went to university. It's a very different system, like the school system in England, but I'm just not going to get into it because it's like arbitrary, but. Um, Maybe, uh, for, for another recording. For another recording. <laughs> but I kind of figured out that um, just acting wasn't really something that I wanted to do like I didn't want to just be an actor because you know I had to make a decision about whether I was going to audition for drama schools or not and if you audition for drama schools it can be a very grueling and hor horrendous process you know I know so many people that auditioned for you know who are still auditioning year on year out because it's so competitive and I figured out kind of early on that you know being an actor means something different to what people think it means, you know? It means, you know, having people con constantly criticise and, um, you know, put you down for who you are. And it's 
a lot of the time I think that these drama schools are not all of not all drama schools obviously but kind of stifle people's creativity because they're making people making actors you know into these perfect things that these kind of commodities that can like fit themselves into whatever they need to fit themselves into so I decided I was just going to go to university to 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 study drama as a whole so kind of like all parts of drama and and just learn everything about it that I possibly could and figure out what I wanted to do from there and like I was saying you know my uh, university is very is interested in contemporary and experimental theatre and I realised that theatre didn't have to be just you know there's this play and you know there are actors and it kind of comes alive on stage and there are these actors and this action and you know this kind of inevitable conclusion and everything's this kind of perfect little package I realized like theatre can be kind of um spontaneous and it can be collaborative and it can be anything that you want it to be like if you put someone on stage whatever they do you can call it theatre it's because it's just live art you know so I became really interested in um just like that exploring that kind of theatre and and what that means and how people can create that. And I think especially I saw this um, piece when I was in my second year of university, um, which was this uh, theatre group called Quarantine. And there was this piece called Wallflower. And all it was was the three performers, you know, one of them was an ex-ballet dancer. One of them was just a, you know, an, an ex, who was an actor, I think. Another one was just kind of like just this normal woman. Um, but they'd gotten together and the task was they had to, on stage, they had to recreate every dance that they'd done in their whole lives. And this was like a series of like, you know, however many performances that they had to just like, you know, and they were all sitting around and we had these moments where they were just sitting around trying to think of what they could do, you know. And, you know, the woman that was a ballet dancer, she would perform these amazing, you know, old dances that she'd done back in her kind of like prime. And um, that was really beautiful because obviously her body had kind of aged and, and to see that. And then also we just had this woman who, she just was like, oh, I remember um, this, you know, this guy I really fancied and he turns out he didn't fancy me back. So I went home and like I sung, I can't remember what it was, like Roberta Flack or something at the top of my lungs. So she like, you know, did a dance of that and was singing that. And it was just like this amazing thing for me because I was like, and there were moments in it that were staged and rehearsed, you know, but there were also these moments that were just spontaneous happening on stage that they'd just thought up of something that happened in their lives and they were just performing it. So I kind of realised then that theatre can be like that, you know, it can be anything you want it to be. It can be, you can have these intensely theatrical moments kind of juxtaposed amongst these very real, very human, like, I'm not a character I'm just being me on stage in front of people so I think kind of that's when I realized that that was the kind of work that I wanted to be involved it be involved with and I wanted to create so um and I'm still kind of figuring out what that means for me but like you're saying with this class that we're in I've realized that I'm interested in you know what interests me about theater is the way that it's about communication and about human beings coming together in a space to do something, to relate to each other in some kind of way. Um, so 
I, you know, realise I'm interested in the kind of theatre that allows people to understand something new about human beings or about the world. Um, and that's, you know, about, not necessarily about characters speaking to other characters, but about human beings speaking to other human beings. So I think that's where I'm at at this point, And that's the kind of work that I want to create and be involved with. Yeah, it's interesting that you talk about your moment that yeah, you had as that well. Was yeah, <laughs> just because you know, I think there's this dawning in every artist's you know life is like there this dawning of like this is actually important, mm -hmm. and this is actually important to me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that it was like I was kind of everything was building up to that moment because I'd learned so much about all these different types of theater and. I, you know, I knew a lot about plays and playwrights and what that kind of theatre was. And then, you know, I'd learned about other performance artists like Marina Abramovich and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, that's really cool. But then I remember, but I was like, but what, you know, I'm interested in all of these things. And then when I saw this performance, I was like, ah, you know, that's it. Because that was the kind of intersection of all of these things that I'd learned about and all of these things that I was interested in. Because it was like, not really performance art, but it wasn't a play but it was just theatre and it was just what it was and it was its own thing. And I think that was when I was like, aha, this is what it is. This is what I love to do. So in your, your three or four months here now, mm -hmm. um, you learn, you producing your first play, directing mm -hmm. your first play. Where, where do you kind of see yourself right now in kind of your artistic journey? And right now, you know, maybe you want to, produce more plays you want to direct more plays but kind of where's where is your mind at right now I think I'm still interested in you know learning as much as I possibly can about all aspects of theatre which is like a ridiculous thing to say because theatre is so broad and so massive but I think I've come from this very experimental kind of uh you know contemporary thing you know back at home and here it is like I was saying it is a lot more conventional but I I'm not dismissing that kind of theatre. I think it can be just as interesting and just as exciting when you do have a play that's in this conventional, traditional theatrical format, but that is, it can be equally as, you know, exciting and interesting. So I think I'm kind of at the point now where I want to explore kind of what, you know, what I could be, what, I, what kind of part I can play in that, whether that's being a director or, you know, because I kind of dismissed acting for a while because I was like, I'm not, if I'm not going to be an actor, I shouldn't be acting in anything. And now I've kind of realised, because I just acted in a short play as well, that, you know, I actually, that is something that I can do and that I'm interested in and that I shouldn't be so quick to dismiss that. So I think I'm just still kind of putting my, what's the word, finger in many bowls? Is that something people say? I don't know. Is, is there like a reference of... in in, in Brighton that we can make? Um, no, no, pies? Fingers, I don't know. <laughs> Fingers of many pies. <laughs> yeah, is that it? Yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, just kind of still trying to explore, like, what that, what that means for me and, and where I can be when I graduate, you know, what role I can play in making the theatre that I want to be a part of. So that's all we have for today. Thank you very much for listening. Next time we will have Irene Allen. She's a DP, senior film student, currently working on a capstone project. 
and Will Thomas. He's a one-year alumni from the film program, and they'll be talking about their process and uh, more things that are interesting to filmmakers and the filmmaking process. Great. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks.